over the years then, what I remember the most about her was about how she um, she wouldn't let anything go out of the house. Like no waste? In terms of waste. Okay. So she would make you uh, eat an orange right down to the, I mean, you're... You're gnawing on the white part of the orange. If it was an egg, she would say, clean that eggshell out. Uh, I'd say, Grandma, that's that's clean. Nope, that's not clean. Clean that eggshell out. There's still more in there. Get in there. We actually call her grandmother Yingying, which is the Chinese word for grandmother on the father's side of the family. Uh, I called him, I call him Grandpa Foy. We, in our native language, in Hindi, we call them Dada and Dadi. My other grandmother would be Maman Bazur, which is Persian for grandmother. Mikhechu means old woman in Rwanda. I called her Safta, which is a Hebrew word for grandma. Everybody called her Mami Tita. We called her Mima, Mima and Dada. Grandma? Hi, I'm Steph. And I'm Robin. Welcome to Stories from Grandparents, the podcast where we share stories about and from grandparents. The survivalist mentality is something that I think was very prevalent for my grandmother. I think it's, it is a kind of an international experience about generations just because they went through, you know, world wars, um, they went through a lot of conflict. And so my grandmother was very mm, thrifty, let's say, uh, which is, I think, a kind of generational thing. And I remember when we cleared out her, her apartment, you know, when she passed, we just found so much stuff that we were shocked um, by. But at the same time, like there were things like there that... I mean, the amount of lentils and like dried goods stored there really could have put us through a nuclear winter. <laughs> like an unreasonable amount of lentils. Yeah. <laughs> a completely unreasonable for a single woman living alone. I we were just like, what on earth are we going to do with this? And um, that was one thing. But at the other side of it, there were so many cool things that I found that I was so happy um, to see. One was like this ashtray. Uh, made of silver that my mom remembered they had back in their house in Iran, which is probably the only thing that I know that they have from back then, um, as well as a photo album. And then there was my grandfather's old radio from the 1950s that looked like you could crank it to work. I mean, that was so cool. I was so happy about that. But like this spirit of like saving things, you never know when you'll need it. It wasn't necessarily like, you know, kept for nostalgia. I think she kept that radio for nostalgia, probably. Um, but there's a hoarding mentality. Because, there's a just-in-case yeah. mentality. Yeah, she's getting ready for the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. A little bit. It really? And, and she's and experienced also, like, it kind twice. Of, yeah. She, yeah, she's experienced it twice. So you're like, I don't, I can't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> Try to tell her that was an unreasonable amount of lentils. <laughs> like, she'll be like, I'll tell right. you. Yeah. Right, exactly. I'm just getting mortified by like my minimalism and like how I throw things away or give them away. And she's like, why would you do that? But, you know, there were things where like she, um, it, you couldn't like treat her in the like, I guess like the treat yourself kind of way, but you couldn't like, you know, make her or do anything really extravagant for her because she would feel so bad and be like, why are you doing this? 
So we would constantly come up with different like stories for like what kind of discount we got or how it was free. And I remember <laughs> like one of her good friends' son, um, who was really sweet and take care of her, um, you know, from when uh, while we weren't there, obviously, and like told her that oh, I got these New Year's Eve tickets to a party with like Persian music, but they're free, so you should absolutely come. Um, and so he lied to her, even though they were like a hundred bucks each and, and took her. And, and so she went to that and I sent you both actually a video of her dancing with him oh, and amazing. she would dance for like one, you know, like a minute and then she would get tired and she'd flick her wrist and just be like, okay, go away now. I'm done. You know, and it's, 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 it's a great move. Um, but yeah, I think that that thriftiness and, you know, just kind of, it was, was hard to like really take care of her in, in a good way. When we had her 90th birthday party, we all came out there and, you know, we wanted to rent out like a, some kind of restaurant and have a private room and just like food, nothing fancy, like not even a super fancy place. And she just had a fit. She would not allow it. And we eventually compromised to allow catering, but we still had to do it at her apartment building. Um, and so just like, you know, that, that constant struggle was a bit much because I think you'd also, like you said, like she expects you to act that way in certain ways. Um, but she was much harder on herself than the rest of us for sure. And uh, one of my favorite stories of her, when, uh, when I was a young fellow, I stayed with them uh, and the farm had uh, by, by and large uh, gone into, you know, they just couldn't make a go of it. But they had this little general store and I spent a lot of time with them and I'd say, Grandma, would you like a cup of tea? And, you know, English people love their tea. And she'd say, oh, I'd love a cup of tea. And and she was ill by now. She she had some illnesses. And uh, I said, would you like me to put in a, a new bag? Oh, no, 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 don't. No, just use the old bag. But, uh, you know, I would slip in another bag. And uh, then she'd use that to rub her eyes. So afterwards she'd, so, you know, that you reusing the tea until it was just about you could taste it. And then using the tea bag to rub your eyes and make your eyes a little bit uh, better. I don't know if tea does that. Uh, I've heard that. Have you? Yeah, I have heard that. I don't. My grandmother didn't do that, but I have heard of that. Yeah. Like, so cold, cool tea bag. Yeah. But they never threw anything out. They, you know, the depression was hard uh, for a lot of people. They they think that depression in Canada in the 30s was mostly in Western Canada, but. You know, uh, in those rural communities, um, things were really, really tough. So they, they just didn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my, uh, my memory, uh, that she passed on about not wasting anything, mm-hmm. making sure you clean up your, your meal. I have a, a favorite story I like to tell about her where I was uh, sitting with her and she, I said, Grandma, what, what, what's this? And she said, uh, it was yellow. And I, she said, it's corn. She knew I liked corn. I said, Grandma, that doesn't look like corn. She says, it's corn. It was actually squash. She said, eat it up. It's corn. I said, Grandma, that doesn't look like any corn I've seen. She says, no, it's, it's corn. Eat it up. <laughs> she knew I wouldn't mm-hmm. eat the squash, but, uh, and I was a picky eater in those days. But, um, yeah, my memories of her, uh, were, uh, you know, about not, about, you know, saving 
watching your money, uh, and lots of stories about uh, how tough things were and how um, how she survived in some very difficult economic conditions. Very difficult. I remember one time buying a pair of shoes and I lived with my, my grandparents who we were talking about earlier. And my grandpa thought that was so decadent because I was like, well, grandpa, I had to buy new shoes because my current shoes had a hole in them. And he was like, oh, a hole in your shoe. Some story about because he lived in Melbourne when he was young. And I guess it used to rain more there. And then he moved to Sydney and all the boys at the school in Sydney had like tiny little, probably nicer shoes than him. And he had big boots for waiting around in the rain. And so he was telling me story just about how big and ugly his boots were. And all the other kids had, you know, nice little shoes. Anyway, so that was his story. He offered to me when he thought I was decadently buying a new pair of shoes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I actually needed, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I could tease them for also being like real big um, savers. I guess they didn't have a lot um, when they first got married. And so like they saved absolutely everything, jars and screws and like plastic containers. And like their garage was just a sight to see, Um, which I had the wonderful opportunity to empty it <laughs> when uh when they uh had to move into a smaller home um it was sort of a between second and third year and i didn't have a summer job that year so i went home and anyways that was my summer job <laughs> emptying out the all the stuff that they had so i would i would definitely um share some of those funnier sides of them and i remember this one time i was helping my brother um in her garage and this was after my grandfather passed and uh, she was 91 when she died so it was towards the end of her life and uh i don't know adam is like one of while he's a lot more you know good with his hands and sort of a stronger of the caracato brothers and uh anyways he you know i'm helping him and clearly like not doing a good job and my grandmother who was always super nosy and would watch from the porch like everything that was going on um she calls me over and then she just like whispers in my ear and says don't worry belenana your job is with the pen and the paper (laughs) as a way to subtly let me know that my future needed to be in the professional line and not like uh, with my hands Thank you for listening to Stories from Grandparents. If you have any interest in submitting stories or if you want to participate on the podcast, please send us an email at storiesfromgrandparentspodcast at gmail.com. 